Right. We're here for a difference of opinion today. We got joining the show Cecil McNair, Selwyn Brown, Demarcus Felton, and myself, Ken Stevens. How you fellas doing? Doing good. good. Doing good. well, doing well. I'm quite sure right now we all sitting as, as black men um, in society and we, we all affected by the news that took place over last weekend, which was supposed to be a Memorial Day weekend, usually a celebration for us, but it turned into a somber day uh, with the events that took place in Minneapolis. Uh, just want to hear your thoughts uh, on where you are uh, just sitting in this week before we get into the dialogue on various issues and things that may come up. I'll start with you, Sam. Well, seeing what's happening with um, George Floyd, it's just a sad situation, man. And, you know, again, it's just a repeated situation is happening too often. And so now you see the backlash of um, the police brutality, police killing black men. Um, things just came to a head. And now you just see um, the rioting, the looting, you know, again, um, cities being burnt down, uh, buildings being burnt down. So it's just a culmination of this been happening for a long time. And also, you know, with this pandemic doesn't help. So it's a lot going on, man. People are frustrated. People are upset. People are hurt. And um, they have every right to be. They have every right to be. I know that uh, for myself, as I sit and I just think about what I've witnessed and how it affects me and how it goes against me as a coach and as a father. Um, I put out on Facebook today, just dealing with how do I approach my young men that I deal with on a daily basis? How do I approach my own kids and my own? How do I approach my wife, uh, my daughter, you know, seeing the things and hearing the things that they're seeing. Uh, I tried to make sure we didn't go downtown this weekend just for the simple fact you just never know what's going to happen. And with all that taking place, it's like you kind of find yourself uh, just in the days at the moments. And, you know, you, you take life for granted at times and some things that we, we we try not to make sure that we don't take for granted. And this this week just opened our eyes for a lot of us. What about you, Cecil? It was very, uh, very disheartening seeing a lot of the issues um, and what transpired and right in front of you. Uh, so, I mean, for me, with my 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 guys, I kind of pretty much got on our our social our platform, and um, just kind of telling them, you know, because they like the as, at this point stuff is opening up, so you know they're trying to get out and 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 do things, um, because they have been, you know, pretty much confined to their home for two months, um, so now you know, being they're trying to get out, you know, at least if not anything, go to parks to try to, you know, do some type of working out. But I just, I just reached out to them on our platform and just kind of told them, man, it, it, it's, it's real. Like this is not, this is not anything you see on, 
on a movie or anything like that. Like these things happen it's, it, and, and you all are really seeing it for the first time as far as the egregiousness of it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I just try to tell them, man, to, to be as safe as possible. Like don't, don't get into anything that you don't have to get into. You, you, you need to come home. Um, so just trying to get them to understand that this is, is, is something that's real because I think a lot of it has been, you know, they've been desensitized to a lot of things. Um, so just that part of it for me was something that I needed to express to them. Like, man, it's, it's, it's real. It's something that, that that's happening and you all have to really, you know, take heed to what's going on and just don't be out, you know, just wild and free as if, you know, nothing going to happen to me type of thing. So it's, it's, it's been a rough week. What about you, Phil? Um, it's definitely been, you know, a rough week with everything going on. At first, I didn't really know how to react to it at first because, you know, as a kid, you know, as the youngest one, probably out the group, you you hear about this type of stuff. But now the fact that you actually seeing it, and like it's shocking and you want to do something but like you honestly you don't know what to do because like this stuff shocks you and it can happen to you and probably growing up you thought of maybe that stuff would go away or you know it won't happen to somebody I know or you know or another black man but as you can see you know it constantly happens and you know I think as an athlete like the guys we look up to, our favorite athletes, it's probably the best time to pay attention to how they react to it, you know, what they say, because these are the people we look up to at the end of the day. And we say we want to be like these guys, so we want to see, you know, how they react to this type of situation. What can we do to help cause a change and, you know, make the change come happen, make the change happen? Uh, you know, it, it's crazy as we sit here, we span across three different age groups. Uh, felt you in your 20s, just getting out of college, getting into the world. See me and you, we, we right here in our mid-30s, uh, really finally getting a grasp of, of where we are in life. And then we got the elder statesman here. I don't want to put you too old, but <laughs> still, you're about a decade and a half past us, you know, and at the end of the day, we've all seen it from different um, standpoints. But then I think about uh, Selwyn, your sons, my son, and then my, my younger generation of kids. I got a 16-year-old, then I got an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. How does this time shape their thought process? How does it affect it? How do they look at how we respond to how they're going to respond. I watched a video earlier where a 31-year-old was telling a 45-year-old, this ain't the way to handle it. You still acting a fool. Four years ago, I acted a fool, and we still at the same point. And yet we got this 16-year-old looking at us, trying to figure out what to do. And he's telling him, Y'all got to figure out a way to change it so you don't have to go through this at my age or even at his age. What's your thoughts? 
yeah, Kenny, I saw that same video. And one of the things um, I like watching those type of videos on social media because it gives me a perspective of what people are doing and what people are saying. Um, for me and my family and my boys, um, we've been kind of glued to CNN and just watching together as a family to see what's going on and how it's going on. And we may res respond to certain things or certain issues. Um, again, we know there's a right and wrong way to do things. And, and so that's, that's pretty much the basis of it all. Um, if you're going to protest, it's okay to protest as long as you do it in a peaceful manner. But the rioting and the looting and all that other foolishness, null and void, man. And we're pretty much saying, you know, that's just wrong. You know, that, that's just totally wrong. And um, I was telling the situation, two young ladies, two sisters in New York, um, attempted murder on the cops. For what? You know, you're supposed to be out here protesting. You don't got caught up in this situation. Now you are facing attempted murder. You're just throwing your lives away on police officers. You know, so it's just it's crazy. And so, you know, I think um, young generations sometimes they, you know, what I'm seeing, I understand the frustration, I understand the boiling point, I understand the issues of society, I understand all of that. But still, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lost words because I, I I understand and feel the pain. But still, in the same sense, you got to keep a level head because, again, you know, you can make one bad decision and you've thrown away your whole life. You've thrown away your whole life. So that's what we're looking at. And that's how we're, we're tackling the situation and, and just trying to learn from it and teach them um, not to be naive, not to be gullible, um, what to do when a, if a police ever stops you. Um, just, you know, try to, you know, just yes, sir, no, sir, and just follow, you know, follow the, uh, their directions and and be respectful, be respe respectful. So, you know, I teach my boys that. So that's pretty much it, man. But we've, we've been watching staying together as a family, man. We've been glued to it every day. What about you, Phil? Um, I mean, I understand, like, I understand all the reaction and everything, like you said, the boiling point, everybody being fed up with it. But taking it out on people, businesses, and stores that they done worked hard for, like, I don't think that's the smart, a smart way to go by it. And then not only are you attacking bit other people's business, but you also attacking black owned businesses too. Why attacking, why attack ourselves and everything? First off, why attack, period. But, with that, do you see it as black-owned businesses? Because that that is something I want to touch into, and, and and I noticed a trend, and I don't think it's so much uh, black-owned. I don't think it's like before when we were tearing up our own communities. They're they're really not tearing up our communities. To me, when I'm seeing all the rioting and looting, it seems to be the high-end stores. It seemed to be the stuff downtown. That's that's not the areas that we own. Uh, I don't know too many black-owned targets. You know what I mean? So for me, I, I feel that it may be something else behind it. Uh, from big business standpoint, like you said, we're dealing with this COVID pandemic. A lot of businesses lost income. A lot of businesses 
uh, are, are, are on hard times at the moment. Like, how is it that only Dior, Gucci, those are the stores that we're seeing looted? Those are the mm. stores we're seeing destroyed, the high-end specialty shoe stores destroyed. What do you guys think about that? Well, I know I saw a clip of uh, a black business owner um, kind of yelling. I don't, I can't remember where it was at, but he was kind of yelling because they did, they did hit his his business. Um, I, I I definitely get your point as far as the the strategicness of hitting um, certain things. And I'm gonna say this: it's it's amongst the protesters. It, there are some people that are that are uh, not of uh, how can I say of of the cause that may have been planted in certain situations to create things, and then we tend to just go along with what is being is, is going on. You know what I mean? Um, I think that. We have to get the, the the mindset of the younger the younger generation because they have they have so much energy and so much uh, so much drive. So when they 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 feel a certain way about something, they're going zero to a hundred. Like you're not you're not gonna stop them going from zero to a hundred. If we can get that drive into creating things for themselves, um, you know, as far as I mean, somebody coming up with, you know, uh, or, or getting to somebody that can create a, a black-owned bank, you know, different things are steering them into that and talking to them more about stuff like that, which will increase them to, to really take education seriously in a, lot of, in a lot of retrospects so they can create those things and don't have to uh, worry about having to go work for somebody if they don't need to. You know what I mean? I think that's something that needs to be really expressed to them that they can own certain things. They can be a, a part of something for their own community, for their own people. Um, and and, and I, I feel like that's where we have to get them to use that energy that they're doing for rioting and trying and, and, and vandalizing. I think, you know, you're, you're, you're expending time and your energy for something that's not working. You know, we hated that. That's been going on. We've been riding and doing everything for I don't know how many years, you know what I mean? So I just think that we got to start getting the younger generation into that, into that area so that when things like this happen, we can do a, 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 a thing where, okay, we're not just like how T.I. trying to get everybody not to spend anything. Like, you know, so we can do certain things like that that can really cripple the people that are trying to do harm to our our culture, our, our community. We can really put a stronghold on that. Glad you said that to our point. We're gonna come back to it. Anybody else on that on, on this same topic before we move forward? All right, so you said T.I. trying to get the, the non-spending. I've heard about the Black Shutdown Day or, or the Shutdown Weekend or the Shutdown Week. 
how effective do you think that'll be if, if you had a just one day of non-spending? How, how long do you That's think up. it can last? I know I can go a day without spending money. I feel like it's gonna last, and it's probably bad for me to say this, probably gonna last two days. Like on that day and probably the next day. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's always gonna be that group of people that's gonna do what they wanna do with their money. You know, so it's like, I get the concept, you know, don't don't give them our money and see, let's see what happens. You know, but it's always trying to touch that that group of hard-headed people that's that's gonna be like, all right, well, I mean, it's my money. They can't tell me what to do with my money. So I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do with my money. And it's sad to say that, but that's how it is. Now, do you feel that's the most peaceful protest we can do? With everything going on now? Yes. What about yourself? You've been through all kind of riots and marches. And I know you've seen a lot just, of your lifetime. Just, just a lot, just a what you know. Our, our, our black people, how they operate, their mindsets when it comes to certain things, to try to accomplish certain things. I'm kind of in agreement um, with what he just said. As far as you know, people want to do what they want to do. And so as you were talking about this, this day of not spending, um, what came to mind to my, my mind just now was that heard on the radio as far as, you know, talking about how many people didn't vote in the last election, you know, and I'm saying that's crazy, you know, in, um, in the major cities, um, four to five won by so many votes, but over 200,000 black folk didn't vote. I'm saying that's crazy. So when we try to, you know, do something for a positive change, for whatever reason, we don't come together as people in our culture. Now, another culture, they come together. Well, for whatever reason, we have a certain mindset, maybe that crab in the mentality bucket. We just don't come together to get things done. So I don't know how successful that, that, non-spending day will be but we'll see okay so if it if it is I, I think if it is uh to go intact uh I, I assume they would do it around the fourth of july uh that's probably one of the bounce back weekends or that first weekend when everything should kind of open back up if you were to take that dollar out of circulation uh, it may have some kind of effect. I just look at all this and this this kind of started just because the law states that for you to be arrested, all you need is probable cause. So if the officers were fired or relieved of their duty, I mean, they had to be just or probable cause for you to lose your job as a police officer. And I'm quite sure you were informed of that inside of the police station when you were relieved of your job because you had to turn in your badge and so on and so forth, or whether they had to come pick it up. Do you feel at that time if those officers would 
have been arrested at that time, like any other citizen for probable cause, will we be here right now in this state that we're in? I listen to a lot of, um, I listen to a lot of CNN because I like to hear what other people' perspective is on the situation. So they were talking about this today, and and um, Van, what's his name, Van, that comes on CNN. I can't think of his last name, but this is what he said. He said that if there's not swift action as far as change, as far as those other police being um, charged, he said, it's gonna get worse. Yeah. He, he believes it's gonna get worse. And he, he had three points that he made that this is what needs to happen. Um, he said, somebody needs to take charge of the case. The other police needs to be charged. And there was another point that he made. And he said, this is the only way that you may see light at the end of the tunnel. So, because again, now you've seen things are moving in a positive direction. But as long as people are dragging their feet about certain things, about the um, man being charged with third degree, and they, they, they talked about that as like a holding charge. They may be able to bump it up to second, second degree murder. But right now the third degree murder is like a holding charge, um, charging the other police and doing something else, he said, you have to see, people want to see change, they want to see progress, and they don't want to see um, the same thing that happens where nothing is being done, no progress being made in these situations, and people are just dragging their feet, and it's just taking a long time. He said, if you, if you don't see things happening in a positive way, and you're making progress with this situation, hell's going to break loose. He said, you haven't seen nothing yet. He said, cities will be burnt down. Definitely. Go ahead, see. You look like you're ready. Yeah, yeah. I feel. I feel a lot of this um, could have been lessened if things would have moved as if it was a regular person. Uh, you know, like if things would have moved and, and you said, "Okay, we bringing them in, and and we gonna we gonna slap second degree," you know, or, or uh, with the manslaughter. I don't. I, I don't think it would have been. It would have gotten to this point this fast um, because there was nothing done because it took I don't know how many days before you say okay we bringing them in that was just to us that was just a, a, a moment to kind of be like uh, yeah 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 we, we got it it wasn't a you know it wasn't a thing of he, he did something egregious and you, you all took action right then it was more of a kind of thing to to try to do it so nothing does happen, but it, it, at that point it was it was too late. It was too late. So if, if action would have been moved, with it, it happened on Monday, if action would have been moved Tuesday, I don't I don't think uh, the severity of the situation. I say it like that: the severity of it uh, of things being burnt down and and vandalized and just you know completely destroyed that part of it would have been less now you still would have had like like we've been saying you still would have had some that's gonna do their own thing that's that's in everything and i and i agree with uh coach brown that we we are the only collection of people 
that don't come together at all. I mean, you can look at any group of, of, of people. They buy corner stores. They pull, pull all their money into that. Then they go buy another one. Then they go buy another one. Like, we the only ones, if, if one person get on top or one person is making it, we tend to have hatred for that instead of getting behind what's going on. So now we can advance. And at the same time, the person that's at the top forget about his brothers that's down here. So we, we uh, that's one thing that really uh, we, we have to deal with first before we can get this thing rolling is us being collectively a group and not having so much hatred for one another because one is successful and, and, and you seem you seem to not be not being in that role. But he's successful doesn't mean that you're not gonna be successful as well. And agree with that. I mean, I just look at it as it, it's 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 so many of us that that make it into fortune and don't look back. And so many of us that find a way to green the grass and don't share our story. And so many of us that overcome difficulties and refuse to lend a helping hand. And, and I've been one to give and take. Uh, Coach, you've been one to give and take. See, you, you've, you've given, you've took. And I think DeMarcus, right now, I, I even see it in you. I give to you, and I and I see you in turn give to my son. And and it's just a cycle. But like you said, until we all get into uh, our arms lock of understanding we're in this together, at the end of the day, when we looked upon, we looked upon the same way. No matter if we share the same blood, we breathe the same air, and we all view the same way when we step outside of our door. And that's the message that has to resonate, you know, in our hearts and our minds to understand until we all come together. Yeah, nothing's going to change. And it starts with the votes. To have that many people not vote, like you said, so that's, that's ridiculous, you know, and, and we don't even understand, like, the power or, or even the struggle that our ancestors went through just to give us that right. And we just throw it away. They're begging people still right now to go do their census. So just so that our communities can change. And we so worried about who knows where I stay and what I got. That's not what the census is for. See, that's the thing. It's, it's been, it's been um, bad information that's being spread. And, and once again, we latch, you know, we latch on to that. Oh, I don't want nobody to know how much money or what I feel. <laughs> like, it's 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 bigger than that. It's it's something that's totally not about that. So, so you have a verse just for that. My people, go ahead and say it for me. You know, my people. Yeah. What's up? To my lack of knowledge. Yeah, man. Say it. Let us. My people. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge and they refuse to learn. Hosea 4, 6, baby. <laughs> lack of knowledge. And, and, and with that, and I, I'm going to say this too, like 
when me, Kenny, when you, I know a Cosell, I, I, I don't know about the young buck, but I know we would talk our history. That's not being done anymore. Like, and it has to come from, it has to come from us because they're not getting it anywhere else. So a lot of them, yeah, so a lot of the the struggles and the reason behind why certain things exist and how they came to to exist, the they have to be taught. I mean, I can't tell you. I, I could tell you just this year, just me personally, at, at, at my employment, it was it was kind of I kind of got taken back when it was you know, that, that February, because I ain't see a whole lot of celebration as far as it pertains to our culture. Yeah. You know, so for me, that really opened my eyes in a sense that I have to, like, if I don't do anything else, I got to teach my kids about the reason why we're voting, you know, to, to not to harp on, you know, just say, oh, they died. No, I'm going to give you everything, the background on it, so that you know this is the reason why. To be able to continue to uphold and stand on the shoulders of people that came before us. You know, we got to carry this thing on, because if not, it's going to revert back. And because, like, like like Coach Brown said, we got a lack of knowledge, that's, that, that's how it's going to revert back. Because we won't, we won't have knowledge. We won't understand. We don't know what's going on. So we just gonna jump to make decisions, and not be and not informed on anything. So it's gonna revert back if we don't keep giving them the knowledge of where we came from. I see. Hey Kenny, I, Kenny, I got, I got a question. I got a question I want to ask you. Go ahead. Just segue in. We 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 talk about um, police killing black men. But what about our black on black? You know, and that's been coming up in the social media. At the end of the day, I I look at it like this here with the black on black crime, which is so sad because it's that crowd mentality, right? A lot of it stems from neighborhood foolishness. A lot of it stems from jealousy. A lot of it stems from greed, right? But just the other day, when we were getting ready to work out, the uh, Demarcus came over, uh, and and I was talking with my my son and, and my other young man that I train often, and they were going to put their music on. I, said, I don't want to hear none of that today. And I told him I didn't want to hear any of that today because this was on a Wednesday that we were finally getting ready to work out. A Thursday, I think we were just getting ready to get our workout in, and I said all this rap y'all listen to. And all this gang violence and this shoot them up and deal with the cops that they talk about in this music. And this incident happens on Monday. And I've heard nothing from none of y'all rappers. But that the rappers that we looked up to, the ones that we took a liking to, the Jay-Z's, the Tupac's, the Biggie's, they rapped about stuff that mattered. And it wasn't all the same thing about robbing somebody, gang activity, 
and the other things that brainwash us to make us feel that we are these militant minded young men. And I just feel that the video games, the music, it, it puts them in a place where they just feel violence is the answer to all of your problems. And that's where I feel the problem comes in because you take, you're taking the fathers out the home, you've taken the, the teachers out because I've learned later on in life to be a man, you gotta see a man. I don't see a man because the man is gone. I'm being raised by the streets. I'm being raised by the television. I'm being raised by the music I wake up and listen to every morning. So how do you expect me to react when I'm now upset and I don't know how to even deal with it? Because I've never seen anybody deal with anger. That's the difference between our sons and their peers. Because we showed them how to deal with anger. We showed them how to approach problems. We showed them how to handle life. And from my standpoint, that's where the problem lies with so much black on black violence. Yeah, they, they pick it up everywhere, man. And like I said, um, we're creatures of habit. You, you see it, you hear it, you take it in. When your buttons push, you're going to spit it out. So you're exactly right, man. But, um, you know, there's a big fuss that's made over when a, a white officer kills a, a black man. But by the same token, people have it in the back of their minds. They say, well, yeah, y'all don't make that much noise when a black on black kills one another. So that's that's out there. That's out there, definitely out there. I mean, I, with that, it's when that black on black violence happened and they find that black that killed that other black, they go and drag them out the house still. Oh, yeah. They, they're, they're, it's a manhunt. And I was just reading a text the other day, a, a, a tweet the other day, right? Michael Vick served more time for killing dogs than the, the cops that killed the last 493 unarmed black men. When you hear numbers and stuff like that, and I ain't checked the exact facts, but even if it's the last 100 unarmed blacks, and you seeing that somebody served 23 months in prison for killing dogs or having a role in killing dogs, then you can understand some of the backlash because it's only given to you in certain ways. And the narrative don't change, but they do control the narrative. And it's how it comes out. So if you value this dog life over this human, you got a problem with that. I, I don't know if you guys are seeing some of these images that they're posting on social media, but here's one that, you know, knocked out of the park. All right, so we, you know, we've we seen the image with um, police on George Floyd's neck. Uh, did, did you see the image that um, the Connecticut, the dude that killed the people in Connecticut, college student in Connecticut, he was on a manhunt for six days and they caught him. Gave him water. And they gave water. Mm -hmm. Man. So that's what they're talking about these systematic problems within our system, disparity um, of black folks just being treated unequal compared to our counterpart. Um, so that's one, they, they knocked it out of the park with that, man. They man, knocked it out of the park with that. I'm, I'm gonna tell you one even better. And, and it's, you know, I, I left Florida right before this happened. This touched y'all. 
Stone me Douglas shoot. Yeah. So I'm not in Florida, so I don't know what exactly happened. I to this day I don't know if he was even convicted or not. But I know after the shooting, he was caught on the run with this AK-47. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, they caught him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if that was one of us. That oh, yeah. to a school, and, and, and we're caught on the run, armed with the AK-47. It's not going to be no conviction. Do we get the same treatment <laughs> on our arrest? It ain't going to be no arrest. What you mean? Do we get the same treatment? I, but listen, I, I don't even know right now if he's even been convicted. I know they may be holding him, maybe, because yeah. I haven't heard anything. But yeah, he hasn't he has he hasn't gone to trial yet. What what's the trial for? <laughs> I'm not understanding. Hey man, due process. Hey, due process. You're innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> There's video. Like I mean, I, I, I'm not understanding. Uh, for so for me, I guess that's the disconnect. That's the disconnect. We 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 knew we knew Michael Vick went on trial. We knew he he was sentenced. We knew he went and served his time. Nobody physically saw Michael Vick do any of this. There's video camera from this cat entering the school, doing what he did, leaving the school, and yet. There's still no answer. And we're not in Florida. We're in Texas. So, you know, once it passed over and the media kind of got past it, the last we heard, D-Wade went to school and did his things. And I think the last thing I ever heard about Stoneman Douglas way out here was they finally played the first football game on campus and, and got a victory. But I haven't heard anything else. So I couldn't tell you what's going on. So let me go back. Let me, let me go back to this scenario I just added. Okay, so George Floyd, he gets arrested or he gets pulled over because he was trying to pass off a $20 bill and then this man loses his life. The young man killed a couple of people in Connecticut, goes on a run for like six days and they finally end up catching him in Maryland and he giving him a bottle of water. What about so you have, the, the church you know, and they gave Burger King to and so that that's crazy, man. Crazy, you know. Twenty dollar bill, you know. If he had a fake twenty dollars, so what? You know, he shouldn't have to lose his life. But here you have somebody who's taking life and still has his life. Magic question: Is that a felony or a misdemeanor? I'm not for sure. I know it's a federal offense, but you know, who knows? Listen, he may not even know that was a twenty. I've I've had a twenty dollar bill. And did not even know that it was counterfeit. So he may not even know. Yeah, it's so you know, so but floating out here, man. You you really don't know. Like you you know, what I mean, as far as money is concerned, you really, really don't know. Yeah, you can get fake money. I've I've gotten fake money, man. I have a bank gave me a fake twenty dollar bill. Shoot. You're pretty so, you know, but yeah, man, what, what what you thinking over here? Man, I'm just I'm just listening to 
you know, everything y'all saying about, you know, the craziness going on and how you said they gave, you know, the white kid a drink of water. You gave this man refreshments for killing some people. <laughs> and then you said they gave Buddy a whole Burger King meal for killing some people. Yes. But what we get, we get a bullet fed to our head or, our, you know, our chest or our mouth. You know, I watched, we get. I watched a lot of videos and the, the one thing that broke me was seeing uh, the mother in the back of the police car with her daughter uh, crying after uh, Fernando Castillo was shot in the car. Uh, just seeing how she was reacting and it's like the daughter was telling her, please stop screaming. I don't want you to get shot. Mm -hmm. It came on tonight, man. Like I said, it came on CNN tonight with Don Lemon and whoever put this that special together that showed all the people that were killed um, by police officers um, or whomever. It was powerful, man. It was powerful, and uh, it you can see why people are frustrated. You can see why people are upset because it was too many. Yeah. It was just too many, man, and. They had actual footage, you know, especially when they're showing this actual footage of people getting killed and gunned down and shot in the back, man. It's crazy. I think crazy. Before, I think before this video here, the 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 worst one, the, the one video I couldn't watch was the kid. I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago running through the field and they, they shot him in the back. Uh, I think multiple times he was running running through a field like between apartments and uh, and they shot him in his back and it was on camera and it's just like nothing and I, until this one you know even a Philando Castillo because he was sitting in the car and they, they even showed that one. Oh yeah oh yeah 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 oh yeah did did you see the did you see the one the recent one in Atlanta? With the, yeah, girl and, with the girl and the boy? No, no, no. The last one I saw oh. in a, when Atlanta was the uh, the my case. No, man. Listen, about when they broke in, they came in the house. No, y'all gotta check this one out. Look, the two. It was a girl and, and a guy. I, I guess they had curfew. You know, uh, Atlanta evoked curfew. Mm -hmm. They was trying to get back to school. They was they as at uh one the girls at Spelman and the boys at Morehouse. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know where they're at, but it's it's the police surround the car. They break the glass on both sides. Bing bing. They snatch literally, and I mean snatch the girl out the car. Snatch her out the car. So now, the, the the guy is sitting there with his hands on the steering wheel, like literally froze. Not move that he's not trying to fight. He just so they're trying to grab him. One was trying to grab him for where they pulled the girl out from. The man get tased twice. Sitting in the car. The first one hit him, and he was kind of like he wasn't. You know, it wasn't all the way. He was still coherent. They shot another one, and that's when we locked up, man. I, listen, when I, I tell you that one, that one hurt me 
just as much as uh, Monday, like it was like a reenactment because it was so many, it was so many policemen. Like it didn't make it didn't, Monday. Monday was four to one. Like, and then yeah. on the video before he was on the ground with the beating him in the car. Man, that the if you go look it up. Yeah, I saw. I saw it, Kenny. I, I saw that with Cecil and Kenny. I think I may have sent it to you. Yeah, okay. man, that one was that one was that one was that one was. Yeah, was I saw more, that one. It was more than four. It was more than four to one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That, that thing was. Oh yeah, and they were snatching him, boy. They, they were trying, snatching he, him. Man. Yeah, I saw that one. And it was like, and it wasn't like they were outside. You know, just they were trying to get back to the school, trying to get back to the area of the school. It was crazy, man. I'm like that. That just reopened. That just reopened a wound. We trying to close, like you know. Yeah, like, it definitely like, do. It was like all over again. You didn't rip. The, you didn't rip the skin right back off. Well, well, well. See, so I, I, before we got on, I told Kenny I just sent him something with Devontae had sent me, and it was basically all these incidents that were happening throughout the city at different places. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it was just, and it reminds me of the situation. Listen. That, that tension between the police and, and those people out there is, 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 is unrest. Because again, the way they're going at it, because police running into people, pushing people down, With spraying people. Mm-hmm. And then do, and when they get to that point, those people are reacting. And mm-hmm. so, man, I, I sent the video to, to Kenny. If Kenny can share it with you, man, you, you'll see what I'm talking about. Hey, man, I my head, man. Let me ask you guys a question. Well, why do you think our protests are so different? Uh, a few months ago, they had people right a, right across the street from the from the White House with guns. Police didn't budge. No violence, no tear gas, nothing. But if we gather on a corner, uh, not riding, not looting, there's such a threat. Uh, do you think it stems back from the, the days of Malcolm X with, or the Panthers? or what, what is it? Why why do you think that when they see us gathered or we finally do come together, uh, they they react the way they do? Well, I think, I think uh, one of the reasons is basically from what we stated earlier, if we were to ever really jail and come together, there's nothing that they could do. So I think they understand that. And they try to, once again, do those things that would get us to get in an uproar so that in retrospect, oh yeah, we could take some of y'all take some of y'all off or take some of y'all out. You understand what I'm saying? Like they understand it's, 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 it every the cycle is repeating itself. Just like just like when we were enslaved, the minute we had some that got the knowledge and the understanding of how to get together and 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 make sure that everybody moves as one is when the progression started. So I think they know for a fact that if we were to ever just really jail with one another and not have that hate and really go forward with 
our agenda and what we need, they know that it's not, it's nothing they can really do at that point as far as, you know, stopping the, the momentum. So I think that's where that, that, that they come with that to try to remove us from being together or trying to gel together. They take us away from each other. You see what I'm saying? Even with all of the, all of the deaths, you're taking, you're taking away from. So now, because we haven't been in an uproar when things have happened, we've been in an uproar, but not to this extent, to the point where people are tired, you know? So now what you're doing is now you're going to try to do it in a, in a, in a mass way now. Because for, 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 for 45 to say, you loot, we're going to shoot, what you think that means? So, so let's be honest. So, it, it, it's still the 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 way they're going about it is still from old time, but it's just in a different way. Now he's still saying some things that's been that has been stated. What he said when he said that that was stated back in 1967 because mm-hmm. a, a, a guy from Miami when it when, when it happened down there. He said that. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's a circle. That's that's why we got to be able to come together, man, and, and really get a thing going forward as a as a as a unit. Because that's the only that's the they keep the dividing us. That's the only how they can really make us not uh, you know go forward. So that I mean I, I think that's what it, they, they got fear. It's the fear, it's the fear factor. Because if we ever, as a as as one unit moved on one beat, it's not it's it's nothing they can do. Uh, Demarcus, as an athlete, you said something earlier about athletes finally coming out. Uh, as you can see, uh, even Michael Jordan came out said something today, which was always a knock on him. Uh, he took a, a more of a, a LeBron approach or. Even Tom Brady, you have white athletes, black athletes, uh, Hispanic athletes all coming out. How do you feel that that is going to impact change uh, for this instance now? Because, I mean, LeBron has always been an advocate, and some of the NBA players are more vocal than a lot of other sports. But now we have everybody kind of jumping aboard. How do you feel that um, plays a role in change? Because I think when the entertainment world comes into the effect, that's really hitting a lot of people's pockets. So if the entertainment world comes out and they stepping up, you got players like LeBron, players like MJ, uh, white athletes that's, you know, top name throughout they, you know, they field or their athleticism, they coming out speaking on it and saying they tired of it, they want to see change. And if they oppose the threat to saying, hey, we're not going to play a game until we see change or, like, the whole athletic world is going to be at a standstill. Entertainment is going to be at a standstill. And that's really going to hit, you know, people's pockets and money. That will be a peaceful protest as well. Do you think we can ever have a true ban on sports or entertainment? Do you think uh... – as a race, can we say, hey, we're going to go no Netflix for a month, no Hulu for a year? Uh, do you think we can make it? 
I'm gonna say. Or would there have to be some kind of black alternative to purchase to be able to provide us the same services? I'm gonna say, as far as in the athletic world, I'm gonna say yes because it's mostly you know black athletes that's there. It's not too many white athletes, not too many Asian. It's mostly black athletes. So if all the athletes come together, and just like you said, like some of the white athletes, that that that's their teammates. And if they are truly with them, and they come together and they say they go on a strike and say, we will not play any type of sport until we see a change in the justice system and everything that's going on that they really stand for and stand 10 toes down on it, then I feel like, yes, we can do that. Now, as far as collectively as a whole saying we could stop Netflix or Hulu? Nah. <laughs> because you, cause you know why? People actually pay, they pay their money. It's, it goes back to yeah. goes back to me saying they're going to do what they want to do. If they mm-hmm. pay their subscription to watch Netflix, they're going to be at home and be bored one day and they're going to click on Netflix and get mm-hmm. to watching a movie or and Hulu. That was my thought process. of When I heard somebody throw that out, I, I really didn't think that would, would hold much ground, but I did hear that that thought being thrown out there. But that's what I'm saying. Like creating those, creating those avenues to to still get the same thing, but it be our avenue. If you had something out there that was like that, you might have a chance. You might have a chance to be able to do that. But because when it's no alternative. Well, we can't, I can't get, uh, uh, you know, Netflix because that's the only one between that and Hulu. That's the only thing. If you had an alternative that was, that was our own, then we could, you could, you could make an argument and say that because it's something, it's something that I can go to that will alleviate that, especially now, right now, you know, and, and everybody really being, you know, things just starting to really opened up, people were home. Man, Netflix shot through the roof. Uh, uh, Hulu shot through the roof. You, you see what I'm saying? So the alternative has to be there to call for that, to give that 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 um, alternative away from that. Then we can then you can make those those statements and those bold things and say that. But if there's no alternative, once again, you're saying things, but people still going to do <laughs> what they've been doing. Uh, I think as far as the athletes, um, you're kind of in the same boat with that too. Because a retrospect, yeah, LeBron can take a hit in the pocket. <laughs> but, but the guy that's number 15 on the bench, I don't know if he could take that hit in the pocket. You understand what I'm saying? So like you still, you still going to deal with that some are going to and some aren't. I mean, once again, if it's a thing where they get together and pool their money and kind of, you know, subsidize to the ones that really can't, then now 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 you're coming up with a plan to make to make something happen. Well, well, I'll take that for you, like Phil, you just get out of college. So if your career just taking off and, and, and the veterans came to you and said, hey, we're going to take two years off, that's two years out your prime. All right. 
do you feel you get a chance after a two-year layoff just just trying to get in? Can you afford that? No. So would you be on board? I haven't even made I haven't even made it in the door. So I'm gonna be about the cause or am I worried about trying to get to where the rest of y'all are to be able to say, hey, I'm not gonna play a game. So then when those owners come and say, hey, I need some replacement players, do you raise your hand to get your shot? No. That's probably just me being like a team guy, like just not being selfish. But no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna raise my hand. Cause that's me just that's that's me looking out for myself. That's me not having a brain saying, all right, well if this is gonna be a two year layout, then I'm gonna go do something else. That's gonna you know, put some money into my pockets or have some type of income. I'm not just gonna put all my eggs in one basket. And then when, when stuff kick back up, I'm gonna make sure I'm doing what I'm doing to be in shape and show that I'm still like I still have it. I'm still in my prime. I still can do all the things I I said I was gonna do and y'all thought I can do. What's your take, Sil? Thinking about a situation um where UPS, you know, UPS was going on a strike. And one of my teammates, former teammates, worked for UPS. And so you can put it in any arena. It can be a professional athlete. You can just be an everyday person. Um, he had to cross the picket line because he had a family to take care of. He couldn't sit out. And when he crossed that picket line, he ended up getting jumped. And that turned into a whole other situation. But he made a choice and said, man, I have a family. I'm the head of my household. I can't be sitting out and picking in and missing work because I have a family to take care of. So, like I say, that comes to each individual. Um, and it depends on each person as far as what they, what they believe in. So he believed that his family was more important than what he was standing, would have st stood out or missed work for. So he, you know, it's just, it's, your belief process as far as what you believe in. I get that. I totally get that. I, I think, I think uh, as I look now, you, you kind of see uh, players stepping up and, and coming out, having their different opinion. Like I say, just to see Michael Jordan come out, because he's been, he been taking so much backlash over his uh, non-approach to a lot of things. And, uh, he came out and just said enough was enough. And I think, um, you know, that people will try to take it and spin it to make it something more than what it may be. But, again, he's a man that's in his 50s that's seen a lot over the years. And I think he summed it up when he just said enough is enough. And, uh, who knows what his boiling point is? He's, he's dealt with uh untimely death in his father so who knows how this this tragic moment hit him but i just know that you know we all take it in a different ways and it's how you deal with it how how you opinionate it how you, how you bring it in and how, how you vocalize it coming out um still matters and everybody has their opinions and thoughts and 
I mean, it's just even while we are here today to share it and just hear another per person's perspective on it. Nice, nice to see Herb Frazier join us. What's up, guys? What's <laughs> going on? We, we, we had a lot to talk about, man. We could have used you a little bit earlier, but uh, just want to hear your thought process on what was taking place this week. Uh, you always a very insightful young man, so see what you have to say. Nah, I mean, this week, like, for me, I've just been kind of sitting back, taking it all in. Just, um, just like I had a conversation earlier with um, just some of my younger friends about just kind of how they feel. And to me, I almost, like I feel it's needed just because it, it's, there's some, a change is needed in our everyday walk of life. Like this was the same thing, a change was needed back in the segregation times. It's those same kind of things. And I think people, people overlook what we're trying to do just because of how the media is vocalizing everything. And it's still the same things that my grandmother was fighting for, my great grandmother. Uh, like this, this stuff isn't a hundred years old. Like this was back in the fifties and forties. Like my granny lived to tell these kind of stories, and it's the kind of the same stuff that is still happening. It's just being normalized now. And like just like I was telling them, like you have so many people who. For, I, I use this for example. So we were we were on the we was on the subject of um, I don't know if you guys have already talked about it or not, but like the athletes and the black celebrities and everything that has this powerful voice in our communities that haven't said anything. And some people is like you know they feeling pressure, so they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to do the wrong thing because for some of them they weren't about to hit to their pocket. For the other ones. They don't want to sound like some of them probably just don't want to sound stupid on it because they haven't sat down and, and paid attention to everything that was going on because it's not at their front doorstep. And I think that's a problem for all of us. If it's not at our front doorstep, we don't want to speak on it until it happens to somebody you know personally or it happens to you personally. And I think that's a problem. And, it's, and another example I gave is that at a time, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, these guys were everyday people before the people around them gave them the voice to speak up to them. And so we give a lot of black celebrities, black athletes a voice, not knowing that, not knowing their agenda. So, so I, my thing was, is like, we really need to sit back as a community and figure out the people that we empower. Like we've given so many people a voice, like they're getting famous, they're being, they're becoming the people that's looked at from not just our culture, but from other cultures to say something when they, some of them can care less. Now, I applaud people like LeBron, Cap, you know, as far as athletes, and then you got the Jay-Zs, you got the Nick Cannons who don't probably get enough credit for what he's doing, and then you got, you know, some of the other rappers who do speak up, but you got so many who not going to say anything because they don't want to lose an endorsement. They, want, they don't want to lose a dollar. Now, I get it. Some people make so much more money, so losing one endorsement won't matter. But at the same time, have we given these people this power, this platform to speak on, then we should we should hold them accountable just like we should hold ourselves accountable because if we're giving people power that don't have the same agenda as us, then we're doing wrong as a people as far as looking out for our community. So anybody got a comment on that? 
I guess for me, one problem I would have right now is as I got a son that's being re possibly recruited in the next couple of years, <laughs> you got a lot of coaches, you got a lot of so-called coaches that's out here recruiting kids and they're afraid to come out and say anything. And, and most of your roster, I know for football, 75, 80% African-American, 90% minority. But at the end of the day, the bigger coaches, the big name coaches that 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 going after the, the All-Americans, the, the five-star kids, have nothing to say at this time. But you got your, your coaches like Lavelle Moten that's going to be on the front line every day. How do you feel I know for me as, as a basketball coach, I'm, I'm paying attention closely um, to kind of see where's a good place to send my kid if you come knocking on my door. Uh, how do you feel, fellas, when it comes to that and we're looking at all these schools and you got a school like Oklahoma with Lincoln and Riley who came out and, you know, said what he had to say. Dabble Swinney came out and say what he has to say, you know, but some of these other places, it's, it's been no word. So I, I know for me, like, since I have to deal, like, I deal with Harold's stuff, like, straight on personally with a lot of stuff, like, I've, I've been definitely paying attention. And for some of them, they're going to say what they have to say to just to, just so it can look like I said something about it. Like, and that's, I think those will bother me more than the ones that don't say anything about it. Like, if you don't have anything to say about it and you stay out of it, fine, that's your business. Like, I don't. Like you don't have to say anything if you're not if you don't feel comfortable saying anything, then don't say anything. That's fine. But the ones that say something and you you straddle the fence, that's what's gonna make it a problem for me. Like don't straddle the fence. Like this is these are those times you pick a side because if it was you, you would want them to pick a side for you. It's either you gonna you riding with us or you not. Not hey, you know whatever they say to make it easy on both sides. Like. It's either you pick a side or you don't, because essentially, like you're gonna, I'm gonna send a kid there, and I want you to know, I want to know that you got him, no matter what, and not, oh, when something pops off, like I don't know, I was gonna toss this kid to the side. Say, I saw a few comments on social media. Coaches are speaking out, um, not a whole lot. Um, and again, like I said, you know, to each his own. Um, some coaches may feel comfortable. Some coaches probably feel obligated because, again, um, they're that father figure with so many players. So um, I don't know who has, but i just seen a few on social media. But I don't know um, if a lot of them have has not said anything. So I don't have a numbers, but I just see a few. Um, UCF, University of Miami, a few more has spoken out about the situation. So haven't been keeping track, but again, um, they may address their team. You know, um, you know, everybody's doing virtual now, so they may address their, their team. They may not come publicly out and speak out, but virtual wise, they may address this issue with the team. So um, we may, we may not know. We may not know. Yeah. I mean, I I just look at it from from that standpoint of yes, I, I don't know, but I know if 
I'm not sure. You know, at the end of the day, as kids and, and a kid is trying to get to know you too. If they ask you that question, how do you respond? If they ask you, you know, different things, how do you respond? I know for me, like you said, CC, you reached out to your team. I'm gonna hold a a Zoom with my kids tomorrow just just to see how everybody's going and, and play a video and just talk with them because I don't know how many of them are having this conversation at home. And I know if we were in a normal school situation, this would have been something we talked about during the period. We sat down and had a conversation, you know, but, you know, these are, are the times, you know, where coaching matters. I've read so many quotes about a coach can affect the lives of more people in one year than some people affect in a lifetime. So for a college coach, you know, on any given year, not only just the, the, the people that you coach, that the kids that you're trying to recruit to come to your school, you having an impact or, or interaction with hundreds. And I'm just looking at, you know, how, how does it affect people moving forward? You know, like you said, sports plays a major role in, in a lot uh, as the platform being used how it should be. I mean, if you look at everybody on this call right now, we all have a role in sports and coaching in some form or fashion. And we know the bonds that take place in those locker rooms and, and the, the relationships built. But, you know, how do we spread the message to, to get the ball rolling in the right place? Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's, you know, as far as the coaching thing is concerned, um, that's going to be kind of hard to uh, really gauge um, just because of, once again, you have those that are going to do um, the speaking out part, but you're going to have some that are just going to do it with a team. I mean, I can't really say that they because even the ones that are speaking out, I can't really say that they're for it. Are they are they doing it for to get kids? We really don't know where the heart lies as far as that aspect of it. Um, so it's gonna be you know real difficult to unless you're in that that program and you feel the that that particular coach is gonna be you know that's that's hard to to gauge. Um, because you you could you could have some that may not come out, but they work behind the scenes on 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 trying to do whatever they can, you know, and it may never be public. Um, so just you know that aspect is going to be very uh, uh, hard to really pinpoint. Like, okay, you're for it and you're not for it. You know, that's that's you know that's that's a tough that's a tough slate. Definitely get. And like I say, these are all things that I'm seeing as I as I go through social media, the questions are being asked. And just put it out there, fellas, how do you feel? You know, as we get here and, and the hour's getting late, the time is getting late, give everybody a parting shot, you know, and, and let you close out with your thoughts. Um, this has been good discussion. Um, needs to always be to the forefront of every household, but, you know, we got to continue to push the narrative, to push the message for a change. And if you all got a point 
as we get ready to part. We'll give you an opportunity right now to speak. I'll start with uh, DeMarcus. Um, I don't really have anything else to say, but, you know, I appreciate, you know, uh, the older, everybody that's older than me, opinion. You know, I learned a lot from everything, how it is to go by things, how we need to think from now on, you know, as far as my generation and what I can do, like, to help, you know, make a change or even emphasize a change, you know, within my community. So I want to say I appreciate the insights on it. You know, it was definitely a lesson that I needed to hear. Okay. About you, uh, Herbert? No, I joined late. But I, um, I'll make sure I go rewatch everything that y'all guys talked about today. But for just me, um, for every black male, just kind of be cautious of your surroundings and cautious of the person that you're portraying everyday life. Um, just because the person that you could be portraying, you could be portraying in your everyday life might seem fine to you, but you still got to be cautious of how people are looking at you. Um, and that goes for every black male, every black person that's walking this earth at this time. So for me, it's kind of be safe, stay educated, and be vigilant in everything that you do. Let's go, Cecil. I think just one of the, my parting shot would be just to continue to be, to get the knowledge of, you know, being able to have our own our own things, our own banks, our own television studios, our own, you know, those type of things, because that's where we get that alternative. If we really want to invoke the change that we're talking about, that is a, a great avenue of doing that, being that alternative is ours and we're giving back to ours because we give <coughs> We give to, to, to everybody else's, but when it comes time to give to ours, we seem to struggle with that. Like that's that's something that's we can't do uh readily like we do for uh Louis Vuitton or for or for Nike. We ready to give up our money for that. So my my thing is we, we need to get to that point where we're establishing our own things as our own community, our own black community. We're establishing our own things to be able to shy away from those things that are not really for us. All right, so. I'm gonna to allude to a situation you were talking about when you were talking about the 31 year old man was speaking to the 46 year old man. And then the 31, the 31 year old man also speaking to the 16 year old man. And he was telling me, you guys can't keep doing what we're doing because it's not working. You know, he said, you guys gotta Again, you know, galvanize, come together, and find a better way to, to handle the situation. Because if not, then you're going to be dead. You know, and so I said that to say this. The mindset has to change. The mindset has to change, and it has to start somewhere. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons we keep doing and repeating the same thing. Because uh, we're not getting that, that foundation uh, foundational setting at home, um, we're disconnected from God, and then when our buttons are pushed, we're not operating in love, we're operating in hate, and we're creatures of habit, so if we're creatures of habit, and we see majority of people doing this, if our foundation is not set, we're going to do the same thing. We're like a copycat, 
because again, they have no foundation. Nobody has really taught them. It's so they're, they're just like a clone, ma'am. Oh, well, man, let's go ride, man. Let's go. Yeah, man, I ain't got nothing to do. They don't. They just out there causing chaos, making the situation worse because they have no knowledge. And when you don't have no knowledge, you're going to destroy yourself. So they're, they're just like a yo-yo. They're they're a uh, 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 yo-yo on a string. That's all it is. Come on, until man. they until they change their mindset and, and come together and. and and get some wisdom and knowledge and put it into action. Give it to me again. What is it, man? Yeah, my people are struggling for lack of knowledge. <laughs> they reject knowledge, they refuse to learn. But I mean, but just think about what what you said with that 31-year-old talking to the 60. He said, dude, you can't keep doing what we're doing. What we're doing is not working. You say you guys gotta go down, game plan, and do something different. Find out what's gonna work. Because if you keep doing what we're doing, you're going to end up, end up the same way as George Floyd. So, again, man, we just got to galvanize our thoughts. Um, mentors heard a situation on the radio about Overtown talking about not destroying the community. So they have a group of people. They have a group of people in Overtown. They have a group of men that went out into the community. He said, because, again, we're not going to let them destroy our community. So we'll say it was like 30 men out. You guys can protest and protest peacefully, but you're not going to destroy where we live. And so, again, that's game planning. That's a system where they got a group of men, older men, that are out patrolling their community to make sure that there's no looting and vandalism happening in their community. He said, not this time. So I commend those, those fellas for doing that. I guess for me, I've always preached the message and heard, heard me say it to my team. Uh, to be a man, you got to see a man. I've been through a lot in my life and I realized a lot of things were from not having knowledge or not having a model in front of me to show me certain things, to show me how to respond in certain situations. And I, and I feel that's, that's critical. And the conversation I'm going to have with my kids tomorrow so we got to get rid of the cattle mentality. Um, a lot of the people that are following right now with the looting, we're not the ones breaking the windows. We're not the ones breaking into the stores. Um, but the cattle, they're going to follow. When the herd start moving in a certain direction, they're going to follow along with what they see. And our generation and our our race seems to do that all the time. Uh, even with the cities, if you look at the movement, uh, we move from the inner city to the suburbs. Well, when we move to the suburbs, they move back to the inner city. So now we trying to rush back to the inner city. And we never really set our own path. We always follow. We always following in the midst of the chaos. We always following in the midst of peace. We never set in the trail, we never blazing the, the path for ourselves. We always the followers. And until we become leaders and we lead, but also you see men leading, you can't, you can't be a man. It's hard to be something you, you don't see with your eyes. It's hard to be something I can't touch. 
And I just feel that's the disconnect. And until I can see that man that I should be, until I can touch that man that I should be, and that man that's trying to mold me into who I should be can grab me when I'm going the wrong way and tell me, hey, son, this is not the way. It's, it's, it's not going to change. But that starts with us buckling down and taking responsibility where it needs to be and, and reaching back and grabbing one. When you grab that one, you grab the next. And it starts the process of changing it from the inside in. And, and I feel that's the biggest thing that we have to look for. This week has been unfortunate. Condolences to all the families that suffered. Condolences to all the people that are getting themselves probably in situations at this moment that they don't even understand the ramifications. We, all we can do is continue to pray that peace falls somewhere and this thing works itself sooner than later. Because if it carry on, man, it's no telling what we're going to have on our hand by the end of the summer. Appreciate you guys taking the time tonight. Till we meet again, you all stay safe. Awesome.